Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ala, I'm joined by the wonderful Beth today, and we are both teachers at LSAT Demon, which you can find at lsatdemon.com. Today, we wanted to talk about um, a method of studying that I think to be a little overdramatic, maybe has like literally changed our lives. Um, Beth and I were study buddies way back when in the prehistoric times of just like last year, which feels so far away. It feels like a lifetime away. Um, but we spent nearly every day for over seven months studying for the LSAT. We did it with another study buddy. So there was three of us. And we wanted to share a little bit about what our experience was like, how you can benefit from a study buddy, um, how to find and maybe keep one going, um, and maybe some pitfalls to avoid. So let's kick things off, Beth. Um, what do you think we we solved by getting a study buddy when we first started? I think two main key things to my LSAT studying, and I know from your LSAT studying too, and I think that would benefit other people as well, were accountability and consistency, both with a study buddy. I think the accountability piece, like I showed up for sessions and I wasn't going to get away with being like, I didn't miss a single question, even though on my own at times I would be like, I'm mad I missed that. And maybe I'm going to treat it like, uh, I, if I just, if I almost picked B, I would have been right and just get away with not doing a great review. I think that accountability with having somebody that would listen to and that we could talk about actual LSAT questions and we would be able to call each other out and be like, you don't really understand like you understand <laughs> that or yeah. you're doing a really big job right now trying to uh, make a wrong answer right. Um, so I think that accountability for our studying and having to actually understand it in front of a person was super key to getting better at the LSAT. And then second to that, like I mentioned, the consistency. I think this is a lot, this is this is heavily related to accountability, um, but having somebody there who is sort of relying on you for a super solid review uh, kept me studying a lot of days. Again, with the frustration, I was one of those people that would be just annoyed if I got something wrong or got more questions wrong on an LR section or on an RC section. Um, and maybe that would make me not want to study the next day when I had Ala and our other study partner waiting on me and they were ready to show up. It made me want to show up and it encouraged me to do it too. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think that thing about like both accountability and consistency is like when you're having a bad day or like a non-motivated day, you can like lean on other people to like keep it going. And then when, you know, I've definitely had days where like, I just was not feeling it. And I was like, just sort of relying on the both of you to be like, to be there to show up. And like, that would like get me to drag my ass out of bed and vice versa mm -hmm. too. I know like both of you guys have had bad days where I'm like, no, let's go, let's do it. Right. And that way, like not every, like not everyone has to be perfect all at once. We can like, just like support each other together and, and we trade places. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, and it was like, Hey, I'm committed to this too. Right. Like we want to show up to things that we commit for. I do think that it's helpful to treat the LSAT like a job in some ways, a job that's very, very part-time, you know, one to two hours yeah. a day, but you show up right. And you do yeah. the work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a commitment. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. else do you think, uh, were our needs and what we got out of it or we're looking for to get out of it? 
Yeah, I think another thing that I was looking for was the isolation aspect of it. Um, I think a lot of students relate with the idea that the LSAT can be really isolating, not just because it's a relatively niche career, like to go into law school, um, but also because people don't necessarily understand the weight that the LSAT has in admissions, you know, um, and all of that combined just makes it kind of feel like people don't get it, right? And there's a difference between like, you know, if I were to explain it to my partner or to my parents or something like that, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like, I understand this is important to you. But that real understanding of like being in the trenches, like proverbial trenches with somebody where they are also suffering through the same thing, that was just really huge for me. And um, it really had an impact on my mental health because I was feeling really isolated. And given that I have to use my brain to answer LSAT questions, like it wasn't doing me any favor to continue to be isolated. So isolation yeah. was like a huge aspect of it. The other aspect was that the LSAT is performance-based, right? It's not like a cumulative exam you take at the end of a semester. It's something that you have to practice in your practice tests. And then you have to go do exactly what you've been doing in your practice tests on the official test. There is no difference. And given that it was performance-based, like the personality honing that I had to do with study buddies, right? Like you were talking about it with consistency where you had to like show up for someone, but it's like show up and be on call. Like you have to, you have to be present. You have to put yourself in a spot of vulnerability when you study with somebody. And because you're forced to do that in a much more friendly environment than like a section or even the official test, you are then actively growing your brain um, to understand the LSAT as like an intuitive thing, which is like obviously what we teach at the Demon, where like we want you to attack intuitively. Yeah, absolutely. I think those two things are super related to isolation and the performance space. It's really, really natural for us as humans to every time we pop out a score to be like, that score is me. Yeah. That is That is my worth right there, right? And I think having community around it and even just having a study buddy being like, Hey, I, I know you didn't get that question, but let's figure it out together. Let's do this together yeah. and you can get it next time is way more encouraging than what your brain might tell you, which is my entire worth is wrapped up in a number, which is not true of any yeah. of us. That yeah. spiraling is like really hard to get out of when you're just by yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the frustration that I was talking about and I hear that from people who study and come to classes at the demon too all the time. Like, how do I get out of that? I do think study buddies and doing it in community is totally a way to help with that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So those are some things that we were like looking for. And maybe if we didn't have names for it at the time, those were, you know, at least some of the things that in hindsight, we're like, sure, we were looking for that. Um, yeah. I think there were some surprising things we got out of it too, and maybe weren't looking for so much. Um, Ala, what is a surpring thing that came I out of the study? I got friends buddy? through it. <laughs> Beth is yes. a really wonderful friend of mine. And the fact that I like made like friendships through my LSAT journey has been really, really wonderful. Like just from like a personal level, but also from like a professional level, like that's going to be a lawyer, an awesome lawyer. And I'm going to be a lawyer and we like have connections now in what we're going to be doing. And this is also super true. Um, as a teacher now, it's like, I've gotten to meet like wonderful, wonderful people at the demon as teachers. And that's such a big, you know, thing that I've like gotten out of this whole process of studying. And I know that like going out and trying to seek, um, like community and relationships as you do something difficult 
is is a really good way to make sure that you're successful. I'm a huge subscriber of like Leslie Nope's, um, you never accomplish anything by yourself. And I truly believe that nobody gets anything done, especially anything done of like importance um, all on their own. And that's sort of like the premise of, um, of getting a study buddy. What about you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And then on top of that too, um, I scored way higher on the LSAT than I ever planned to or expected. I, uh, when we first started studying together, actually, Ala was like, what are you looking to get? And I think, I think you have told me before, Ala, that I said something like, I just want to reach the one sixties. Um, but it was, yeah, but it was like, as we were studying together and I, I saw Ala and our other study partner, um, doing well, it was like, wait, I want to keep going too. It was like running a a race or doing a sport or something with friends. It's like, I'm not going to be the only one who drops out now. Why do I need to settle for this? Yeah, exactly. Um, I like remember your face and I like remember like what you said. You were like, yeah, I think just like maybe the high 150s, the low 160s, something like that. And then we all sort of like, and I think there's an element of this like feeling in all of us when we started, we were like, you know, like we, we all like sold ourselves short for like how far we thought we could go. And then mm-hmm. because we started like the momentum began and we were just like gaining speed. Um, at the end we were like, we just stayed greedy. Right. Cause I remember yeah. the score that you had before you finished and you were like, no, I can get a little bit better. And then you did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that happened with, uh, both of us took it four times. Right. And it wasn't like I, I, can't stop taking it because you, you are still taking it. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, yeah, are we down to keep studying? We're down to keep studying. Let's do it. Let's meet again tomorrow. Um, so there was like a lot of looseness to that, but also like the drive was there and we just kept each other going. Um, in addition to that too, and like along with friendship as well, um, we had like direct support and friends who were applying at the same time and in the same cycle, we both have applied in this cycle. Um, don't have our official like announcements of where we're going yet because the cycle is not over. Um, but it was super, super helpful to work on application materials together, to look at each other's stuff, to decide what schools to apply to, um, and how many schools to apply to. Yeah. It's just that protection that comes from like multiple people researching, like interesting things, like the number of things I have learned on just perusing Reddit, because there's people doing research and posting about it for like no reason. It's not like they're getting paid for it or anything. They're just posting because they're building community. They're trying to share information that you might benefit from. And I've learned so much. And as somebody that doesn't have any lawyers in their family, I'm like the first person in my family to go to law to go to law school or to go to like grad school in the United States in the same way. And all of that is like so hard to navigate when you don't have a support system. And it was wonderful to have like people there where I could like be like, Hey, this application is saying this, do I really have to do it? Like just getting that, like just being able to text someone immediately and get an answer. Yeah. What else? What else do you think was surprising that we got out of it? Yeah, for me, it was, I mean, I had some inkling of it that like, I wanted to be able to like, find a place where I could teach as like a learning device. And that's something that'll come up probably multiple times in this episode, where you have to put yourself on the spot and make sure you can be thorough and clear as you're explaining why a question 
why a question's asking what it's asking, what the answer is, why the why the wrong answer is wrong, right? All of those things boil down from taking the test as, okay, I have to be able to explain every single piece of this. But even though I had an inkling that I wanted to do that, I did not expect to get this job out of um, out of studying for the LSAT, right? Like Beth and I yeah. both finished studying and then we both applied to be teachers at the Demon. And this job has been absolutely wonderful. I love my students. I love doing this work. And I know for a fact that I wouldn't be here if I hadn't like gotten greedy and that I didn't have like a study group to really like push myself forward. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And exactly like when we started uh, studying together, we met through classes at the demon and it's not like we were like one day we'll teach together at the demon. Right. It just made <laughs> sense because of how much we enjoyed what we did in our study buddy sessions for six months. And we were like, you know what? They are hiring. <laughs> yeah. And it's really fun. Like we, because we were doing it from like a very community based, like let's see the best we can all do together because we were coming at it from that angle that took a lot of the stress of the test away. Like I'm not saying it didn't, it all went away. It was still nerve wracking. It was still really anxious, but just having people there as support made it a lot less scary. Um, and like, you know, at the demon, we also talk about stuff like private tutoring, right? For instance, we talk about mm -hmm. other ways that you can study. And I do think that there are benefits to private tutoring, particularly if you have like one area that you need to get better at, or you want like one-on-one -on -one criticism for like how you read, for instance, is something that I cover um, in my private tutoring sessions all the time. It's like we read together. Um, but I do think I, if I really had to choose. I don't think it would be very difficult for me to say that study buddies are better than private tutoring because it has a lot of the same elements as private tutoring, right? There's a community aspect, you're having a conversation. Um, and if you can build it the right way, it can be much, much better than private tutoring also because it's not that expensive or anywhere mm -hmm. near as expensive. And it's that consistency and it's that being with peers who are also struggling. Absolutely. And just, it's the same thing too, that teaching, when you can explain something, that's when you know, you really get it. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. We've, we've talked a little bit about some things that we wanted and some things that we got that we didn't know we wanted, but we certainly did want. Yeah. Um, how do you go about getting a study buddy though? If you do want one, Ollie was the right. master here who invited <laughs> me. Do you want to? Yeah, so yeah, yeah let's get into our origin that. story a little bit, right? <laughs> um, so I was, I had worked with a different study buddy before I met with Beth, like this was back in 20, oh God, the years have blurred together. Between like 2020 and 2021, um, I had messaged someone through a live class and I started meeting with them and they were a great study buddy um, and they took the test and then they got what they wanted and they moved on. So obviously we stopped studying together. And then I was again, back on the prowl for another study buddy. And then, um, a couple of things happened in my life. I had to take a break, but when I came back to it, I was back in live and, um, I was on what well, I think I was in Nathan's class. I'm pretty sure it was Nathan's class and Beth and another student had like volunteered to say something or like volunteered to ask a question or answer a question. Um, it's been a while. So like, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but like y'all participated and, uh -huh. I and I saw your like cameras on and stuff. And I was like, you know what? These are going to become my people. So I just like adopted <laughs> them into the group. <laughs> I was like, Hey, um, yeah. I just messaged them. I just DM them in class. The worst thing they could have said is no. 
And I was just like, Hey, this is my score range. I'm looking for a study buddy to like meet up consistently. Are you interested? And they both said yes. And I think within a week we were already like just going at it consistently. Yeah, we were. And, uh, if that's a, from my perspective of the person who was messaged, I don't know if I've even ever told you this, Ola, but I do know that is exactly what happened, right? You you DM'd me like right after I said something or volunteered. And yeah. I cannot express to you how much I felt like I just won the lottery. Like I felt like a million bucks. I was like, wait, she likes me. Maybe I said something smart. <laughs> she wants to study with me. I felt like so chosen. And obviously if somebody does that to anybody who's listening oh. and they can't do it, that's okay. <laughs> like if you don't say yes to the person inviting you, that's okay. But if you're wondering, like, should I message somebody? Me as the messagee, I was like so flattered and I was like, this feels really special because oh. somebody liked something about me, right? It was like, it was like yeah. a big for attention. And I was like, oh my God, I'll take it. So, oh, that's so I mean, cute. yeah, yeah. I had kind of forgotten that because uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've thought about how that happened. But I mean, so if you're in the same boat wondering how do I get a study buddy, like I do think a super solid way to do it would be to try even just a month of Demon Live. Um, go to classes. I think classes will help you anyways, but you will also see people in classes with their cameras on, or maybe if people can't have their cameras on, that should be a reason to exclude them. But uh, people that are able you know, to go to classes, participate and stuff, maybe they're looking for study buddies too, or maybe they haven't even thought about it like I hadn't thought about it yet. You can yeah. just DM somebody a really low stakes question. Like, Hey, would you want to meet up sometime and go over a couple questions is like, let's just try this out. See if it works one time. And then it also doesn't mean that you um, have to stay on live. Like you can bump down to premium or something after a couple months of live. I think we Which recommend is that what a lot we did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We found our study buddy and then we like still were interested in like, you know, getting some of those basics foundations. We always recommend students try live for a little bit if they can, if it's within their means, um, mm -hmm. and then like go down to another subscription level. And then that's how we studied together. We bumped down and then we just like kept going at it within our study yeah. buddy. And there's other yeah. alternatives out there too, right? If you don't want to get a live subscription to find a study buddy or just to get the live subscription and go to classes. Um, there's like discords out there that are managed by students. There are like, there's like Reddit, Facebook, college groups. You can ask like a friend of a friend if they know anyone that's studying for the LSAT, right? You have to take some of that initiative and put yourself up for, to put it very, uh, maybe, maybe that's a strong word for it, but you kind of get rejected sometimes, right? And like yeah. people say no, and you have to put yourself in that position where you're going to hear no, maybe a couple of times I've been turned down a lot by a lot of different <laughs> people, um, for study buddies. And it's just part of the process, whether that's because of availability or just personality for whatever reason, um, I've gotten no before, but that's fine. I just kept trying because it's not like a personal thing, right? They're not saying they don't know me to say no to me. It's just, it just isn't fitting and that's fine. And, you know, at the demon, we're always working on like community solutions too. So we're continuing to um, prioritize like connecting students and we're going to keep working on that and we'll keep you posted about that. But in general, live classes or just reaching out broadly in all the social networks you might have access to. Um, if you're an introverted person, um, like seek out people that are more extroverted that are like going to like connect you with other people. Um, and that's just knowing yourself, right? That's just knowing that you're not somebody 
like me who will like message strangers in class. You're not like me. That's okay. And you shouldn't have any more trouble finding a study buddy because you're like that. It's just going to require a little bit of a different kind of work to get there. Totally. Or you could be somebody like me and you didn't even know that maybe you needed a study buddy. So yeah. Right. I mean, I think as always too, like I, I, I th- I'm thinking like maybe having a study buddy isn't for you too, but like you also don't know until you try. So give it a shot. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. let's move on to like the kinds of things that actually worked with our study buddy group and how did we actually do the studying itself? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think we started this way from the beginning. We, uh, we would do one section. We would do one section independently. We wouldn't have to like sit on zoom together or on FaceTime together and do the section, but we would pick a time and a date, um, and, and pick a time that we were going to, uh, meet and talk about it. Um, and we would do whatever section it was before, And we would typically do like one section a week split out over three or four days, sometimes two sections a week or sorry, test one or two tests a week. Um, but we would just do one section. And so we would come together and say we were meeting on Tuesday. Um, we would do the section before Tuesday, say it's an LR section. Um, we would review all of the questions that we missed and the way that we would review those is that like if I came with getting question 16 wrong, I'm not looking at the answer to question 16 before we get together. I'm getting together and I'm going to do the question live in front of Ala and my other, and our other study buddy at the time and attempt it and try to figure out what I missed. And they would be there to almost be like my bowling lane bumpers. Hey, Beth, yeah. you're going off top. Hey, Beth, that's not a conclusion. Or mm. Ala, Ala would always, always ask me, what's your prediction? <laughs> I was like the queen of not making a prediction, um, for some time oh. there at the beginning. Yeah. I remember um, that. And you were so yeah. good when you started too. once you started making predictions, I was like, wow, uh, Beth is like, Beth became the queen of LR. Absolutely. I love her classes. <laughs> Cause she's just so ruthless in LR now. And it, it was so cool. Like watching that shift happen. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was exactly that, though, that I just tried to get away with being like, I don't need to do it. I don't need to do it. Let me just move on. So that was how we did it, though. We would go over the questions that we missed. And we also like if we had anything that we were like, I know this gave us trouble. Let's just go back because we're already together. Let's talk about it. And yeah, that was how we went over things. Is, Is there more for how we went over things? I mean, we would do the same thing with other sections, too. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, we would talk about like, we would just call out usually like four or five days of like a schedule, right? Like these are the sections we're doing. We might take a day off in between something like that. And then I I actually just realized something though about how we split it up as you were talking because we only had to do the section without Mm -hmm. reviewing. It made it way easier to do the section. I don't know if you felt that way, right? Because like when you're doing a section, you have to like go immediately confront your like (laughs) inadequacies and mistakes. And because I knew that I was going to do that with a group of people, it felt a lot better to just be like, okay, all you have to do is take the section. We'll come, everything else will come. We just have to take the section. And then we take it. And then when we'd show up to actually review together, it was like a live blind review that we would do. um, And forcing ourselves to reattempt the questions we missed was such a critical tool in finding our weaknesses, which then we like complemented with either live classes or with drilling where we'd be like, okay, 
Um, Allah's really bad at role questions. I don't know if you remember that I was just like a travesty at role questions. Um, and I just realized that that's something I truly, truly struggle with. And so I like focused on that like weakness, which we identified as a group. So it wasn't as threatening. Yeah, absolutely. And oh my gosh, I remember so many times too, even if it was just like, I did my LR section at 9am and then we, we met at 12 and it was just a few hours later when I would be doing a question, I'd be like, well, it's clearly C, I don't really know what I missed there. And it's like, oh, you know what? We can all probably tell you moved too quickly. So cut that shit out and don't do it again. And that was helpful too. Um, And I think key to that and what we were doing when we were reviewing is it's like back to the accountability. We were honest Mm -hmm. about our mistakes. I would not have actually gotten better at the LSAT if I showed up to when we were going to do our review session. And I said, Oh yeah, 16. I actually knew that. And I could have gotten it right. And I don't want to talk about that question. (laughs) Like, There's absolutely no reason. And as we've been talking about too, it's like, there wasn't judgment coming from the people Mm -hmm. that I was studying with, but there is a difference in, you know, judgment and accountability. Um, We had committed to being honest with each other. We're going to be honest about our mistakes so we can actually help each other get better at this test. Right. Exactly. I love that. Um, I mean, the other side of that coin too, about like being like adults who are committed to doing the work of like being accountable, being honest and, and all of that too, is like, we knew what not to do as well. We knew how to create a better space and we were deliberate about it. We communicated with each other about like our needs and our wants. And it like included stuff like not, you know, taking up the space too much, making sure we trade it off well, not like, trying to be perfect in any of it, like in terms of meeting at that time or, you know, studying a particular way, like we let each other be, do what we needed to do, but we figured out how to grow together, like individually. Um, A couple of things helped with that. I think, I think splitting up responsibilities was like kind of there, not that there are a ton of responsibilities with the study group, but you know, I was like the one that was like calling out like the practice test that we were going to take. And I like, I would just like schedule it and I would like send it as like a reminder in the little group chat we had. Um, and that was like really easy because then like I, I had been the one that had attempted like a bunch of practice tests by then too, cause I'd already been studying for a long time. So it was easier for me to do that. And then it just made it so that Beth and the other study buddy we were working with just didn't have to worry about that. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't annoying in the sense of like, they weren't like making me like pick per- certain practice tests or anything like that. And they gave me the grace of like being able to choose and that like benefited all of us. It was super helpful to me that you were doing that. Um, and part of that was even because like one of the things that I needed with a study buddy and a schedule was flexibility. And that really showed up with how you were willing to be flexible with me and like pick a section, pick a time. Um, because I, I work full time and I worked full time yeah. last year when we were studying too. And it was incredible. Like just, I mean, basic people skills, but like gassing you up anyways for it. Like you and our other study buddy were like so gracious. If I ever needed to like move anything for a meeting, it was awesome. And also not having to think about like doing the scheduling or picking the practice test, just being like, it's been assigned to me. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, I think part of that working was just that there was like just three of us too, right? Like the three of us, we 
we signed up for it and the scheduling and rescheduling, like we did that, I think probably almost every time we met, we would push it like 15 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it just wouldn't work out that day. We'd have to do it in the evening or the next day. But the fact that we scheduled and then rescheduled was I think a saving grace for us because we just kept, we kept moving it in the sense, like things come up, things change and that's fine, but it was a priority for us. And we would constantly reschedule it to make it fit. And so that we would like keep up our like streak of studying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And on that too, like that's kind of the honesty and accountability thing too. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense if I showed up to one of our study sessions at 12 or whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, I actually didn't do the section. It made more sense to be honest, go, Hey, I didn't have time to do it. Let's push back three hours or whatever. Right. Right. Um, it, Cause yeah. that actually, that would be, that wouldn't benefit you either. Cause then you don't get to study it. If I'm like, I just didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a really great point, right? Like you being honest is actually helping me, even if it's like, not like the greatest thing to like reschedule, but like we, we didn't sweat the small stuff. We really didn't. Yeah. We were yeah. so fine with rescheduling as many times as needed. Cause we would like, we would almost like trade off like hot potato style who would reschedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. And the nice thing about that too, was like, nobody was, nobody was too like strict about it. So it made yeah. it exactly that yeah. we didn't have to sweat the small stuff. It was like, let's just keep on rolling. See what works. Um, yeah. So exactly. on that too. Yeah. I mean, we did it for what, six, seven months together. We were study buddies. Um, how, how do you think we kept it going or what did we avoid in order to keep it going? Um, yeah. So this is the pitfall section of this episode <laughs> to like signpost for you guys. Um, I think, I think there was, I mean, I'll preface this with like, there was definitely a bit of significant luck involved. I super duper lucked out with Beth and the other study buddy that I ended up messaging. I don't know if there was like, like, I don't know if God intervened for like a quick second, like <laughs> while I was picking the people to message or what. But it really, really worked out for us in the sense that we were all people that were committed and people that were trying, right? Um, however, mm -hmm. that did not happen in the other times that I like tried to attempt a study buddy. There were some that were a success, but there were others that definitely weren't. So we wanted to give you guys some like pitfalls to avoid. Um, the first two, the first one is to keep it small. I think larger groups in general, if you go past like four people, you're going to have far more schedules to actually accommodate. You're going to have more needs. You're going to have like more, more conflicting things that need to get settled. I think three was super perfect for us because if one person for some reason had to like dip out, the other two people could still study, but it was, but it was still small enough that we didn't have to deal with too many conflicting schedules. Um, and I think larger groups are messy for a lot of reasons. Um, I think they're brave to try out, but then they can sort of become like a class situation. And we don't want that, mm -hmm. right? Like our classes go anywhere yeah. from like 15 to like 50 people. Um, and once you start getting them into like the tens and fifteens in terms of number of people, it gets really messy. Yeah. Also like imagine just doing an LR section and say you're doing an average of five questions wrong a test. Let's say me and Allah and two other study buddies are all getting five wrong. And we happen to get five different question wrong questions wrong. You've got yeah. 20 questions to review now. Yeah. Maybe there's it's some overlap, but that's just not efficient, right? Cause you don't need to really review the entire section. Yeah. You need to focus on your mistakes and keeping it smaller will allow you to focus on your, your mistakes. 
That's a fantastic point. Um, another one, and this is something that I don't think um, students uh, students think about a lot, which is don't discriminate by your score. One of the, and this is one thing I did deliberately because it was some advice that Nathan actually gave me, which was I looked for study buddies that were scoring lower than me. So I think when I started, when I messaged you, Beth, I was probably in the high 160s, like roughly around mm -hmm. then um, is like yeah. where I was when I messaged Beth and the other study buddy. Um, and I was deliberately looking for people that were scoring a lot lower than me. The reason I did that is because I wanted to be in a position where like Beth would ask me a question and I have to go, shit, can I explain this or not? Right. And then very quickly, we all started essentially getting up to the same score range and we were very, very much like on par with each other. Um, but don't discriminate by your score, right? Like if you're in the one forties working with someone that's in the one seventies, the one seventies person is going to learn. You're going to learn. You don't need to worry mm -hmm. about the test range or the score that you're at. Um, especially if you take the demon approach of like approaching it intuitively, taking it slow. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that when you asked me to be your study buddy, I was like, man, you must think I'm so smart, even though I'm, uh, still scoring here. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, on that too, and just more pitfalls, I think another one is that uh, you don't know what you don't know. And so uh, very vague kind of, but Allah was scoring higher than I was when we first started. Yes. But I think it's fair to say you still didn't have the answer to every single question. Allah, back to the honesty, never just went, oh, okay, Beth, this is what a necessary assumption is and gave me something totally incorrect. Allah, because she wanted to help me and, you know, vice versa. We did this all along, just yeah. like my little example, but she'd be like, I don't know if I don't know the answer to this question, or if we did this for each other, we used outside resources. I don't yeah. think that you get into a study buddy group and you get to be totally isolated because you're all yeah. studying. Still, we were studying still. It's still about learning. And there, if you use the demon, there are plenty of resources that you can use. Um, I think like a really helpful order of operations can be text explanations, then video explanations. And then if it's still not clicking, a uh, great time to use the ask button um, and ask specifically about your question. So with that too, like we would meet together, we would actually watch explanation videos while we were on FaceTime together. If we just didn't yep. get something, we even went so far as like writing an ask button question together. If something wasn't addressed that we were wondering at, uh, wondering about. So I don't think you need to close the doors to other resources around you because you don't know what you don't know yet. And if you're still making mistakes on the LSAT at all, there's room for growth. Yep, absolutely. And that's such a critical point because uh, this, a study buddy system is not supposed to like put anyone in power or like put anyone as an authority figure in it, right? You're supposed to be doing it together. And when you struggle together, you go find some help together too, right? It's not about one person being right or it's not about like trying to be right at all. It's about growing and it's about learning what you need to change and fix. Another one of the pitfalls I think that students can get into is related to peer pressure. Um, luckily, this isn't something that really affected um, the three of us when we were studying, but I can see why peer pressure could be something that for us to bring about, you know, in this episode, which is that, you know, if you're feeling like you need to take the test at, let's say you're planning, like it's April now, and let's say you were planning on taking it in August because your support tra trajectory is going in that dire general direction. That's what you're thinking about. 
But let's say your study buddies are like, no, you're ready now. Go take it. Right. You have to be able to put whatever you need first. Right. That possibly means like ignoring me in class or ignoring any of us. Right. Sometimes, you know, best, and that's what you should definitely follow. And I don't want anybody to go into a study buddy group and feel really overwhelmed by an environment that, you know, isn't always going to be rainbows and unicorns. Um, there are study buddy groups out there. There are situations you can get into that aren't going to be all great. And when that happens, you need to know sort of like how to navigate that situation to begin with. But that's like, that's just, you know, what you do as an adult, but separately, how do you choose yourself for your own LSAT journey? Right. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. Beth was really, really good at that. Um, she was one of those people that like knew exactly what she wanted out of a situation or out of like out of her study journey. Um, and she was really great about like getting as much as possible out of the study group and being very strategically selfish in a fantastic way about what she needed and what she wanted and how she wanted to move forward. And that's something that I think we can all learn from in the sense that like peer pressure is, is, is no good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, um, you gotta be the decide like on that too, like when to take a test and stuff. Like we yeah. we never said, uh, hey, are we signing up for this test? It was like, hey, you know, are you signing up for this test? Obviously, I just repeated the same exact question, but oh no, I didn't. I said we and then we. you. It wasn't like I can't take the test unless you are, or you can't take yeah. the test unless I am. It was like, maybe we're taking the same official LSAT. And if not, I know that you're probably not taking the test because you're the boss of your own life and you know, it's best for you. Yep. And um, we would like routinely sign up for tests without telling anybody. Cause we knew that that's what we needed to do. I think I took one of the tests before y'all did. Cause I was in that yeah. score range. And I think there, I think the other study buddy we had didn't take a certain test that we both took. Right. So that was just like super normal. Um, and that would have been true even if like one of us decided to do something like retake and reapply or like, you know, Mm -hmm. stay another, like all that would have been respected because there's no argument to be had. You do what's best for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember that first one that you were taking, I really wanted to take it because I was just like eager to take the test. And at that point, my study journey, I was also like eager to be done with the LSAT. But I eventually had to make the decision that like, just because I'm not ready doesn't mean all I can't be. And so it was like, okay, you fly, I I will get the next one. (laughs) Um, Our last pitfall. um, And I think this is kind of a big one having a study buddy and studying with somebody is not going to automatically make you good at the LSAT. Um, they are not sufficient, right? Nor are they even necessary. I think it's just like a take it if you want it kind of tool, but study buddies are not going to be your saving grace. Um, as much as we found it helpful, um, we, we found it helpful because we were the ones who independently still had to do the work, show up consistently be humble, be honest about our mistakes. Um, and like, just continue to be good humans to each other. Um, so I don't think any of the, the learning that we did was by, you know, osmosis. It wasn't cause I just looked at you for a certain number of hours a, a week. <laughs> it wasn't because you did well on LR. I had to do the work myself and you had yeah. to do the work yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I think on that point about like study buddies, not being your saving grace. Um, and the reason we're bringing that up is because we're clearly advocating for study buddies and we still are, 
It's just that I think there's a tendency to think that if you spend a certain time like or a certain consistent time with somebody that you're like automatically going to learn. The reason we want to dissuade students from thinking that is because you have to take ownership for what you get out of this journey, right? Mm -hmm. We may be doing it together, but we were responsible for ourselves at every stage. It was I statements like I, you know, don't understand how this works. Um, for instance, like I like sometimes would like st struggle with like hybrid games and games were a section that I think I was like still perfecting before like my final, like fifth attempt at the test. And I, I had to take ownership of the fact that like, I wasn't getting it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't done for me. And I had to, I think I ended up like adding on like, you know, either games drilling every day or like a section every other day, something like that. And that was me tailoring what I needed to do for myself. And there's no amount of things that, that Beth or the other study buddy we had could say or not say to me that would change that because I was taking ownership of what I needed to do. And every student, no matter whether you're in a study buddy, whether you're in live classes, this tends to be something that happened where it happens where like students come to a lot of classes and we love having you guys. We adore you guys, but that's not a replacement for studying. I also say mm -hmm. this in private tutoring, right? Which tends to be, um, which is like one-on-one -on -one and tends to be um, very targeted work. I tell my students all the time, the hour we spend together means absolutely nothing if you don't go take what we're learning and implement it into your everyday practice, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a tuning up mach machine for you, but you have to know those settings and go back into it when you actually practice. And that is such a big, that's just, that's such a, such a big part of like study buddies helped us. It could honestly be a correlation causation thing in some way too. Like we just happened yeah. to be in a study buddy group and we got better. We know that it was the study buddy group that like propelled us, but it was also that like very clear, honest, personal, individual accountability. Yeah. That's interesting. We might be, yeah. Correlating. <laughs> for causation maybe it was that uh we just put it in the work the study buddy was just like a guarantee that we would put in the time right so maybe it was just yeah, the time yeah. for the work yeah and we're not trying to undersell like everything we've just said for like the last like 30 40 minutes that's all we're trying to do we're just trying to say that like there isn't a huge element of like the work we did on our own that made the study buddy part of it successful and we fed off of each other right and each other meaning study buddies on one side and like our individual accountability on the other. So when the individual accountability was lacking, the study buddy would like boost it up and vice versa. Like where this, where we found the study buddy problem, we'd have to go fix it by ourselves. And it was that feedback loop that made it all work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like even just when, when you would always ask me, do you have a prediction? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to just show up to our study buddy sessions and that being the only time to make a prediction, I had to actually start doing it independently too. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, I think if you are already in a study buddy kind of thing, or you're looking for one, this is very similar to pitfalls. I think that we avoided, you know, would never want to go here. I think, uh, we wanted to maybe touch on red flags too, yeah. Very similar to pitfalls, but actually maybe a, uh, an actual, it's time to dip out. Yeah, exactly. So pitfalls we're thinking are things that you can like incorporate to make a study buddy group better, like things that you can collectively avoid as people that have bought into the process. Red flags are far more in the category of like, this is not working out and how do you move on? And how do you evaluate the situation for like your own best interest? Um, the first thing we'll just say is like, 
we're all adults, right? Like we're all uh, people that have to navigate these situations. Um, and there's a lot of it that just comes from being an adult and just evaluating it from that standpoint. And we won't like lecture you guys on any of that. We just want to like offer the kinds of like hints and tips um, that you could be thinking about that you may not be. Um, and the first thing we want to talk about is just like this, it's, this is very like, it's not a red flag in the sense that like, there's something wrong here, but it's just like, if the scheduling's not working out, you don't need to keep investing your time in it. Right. Um, if it's like, for whatever reason, if it's just because someone's just not available all that much, or if your like time zones don't fit all that, that's really straightforward. You don't have to keep trying to like stay up a lot later than you would, or get up super early in the morning those kinds of things that have an impact on your studying and other areas of your life, you don't need to sacrifice it to that much. Um, and there are other study buddies you could look for where that just isn't an issue. Totally. I mean, on that too, like, I think it's fair to say there's a difference between somebody who needs flexibility and somebody who's just flaky, like, yeah, maybe they have some other stuff going on, but yep. you're the one who's like, look, you know what? I'm relying on you. I don't want you to flake out every single time we try to meet. And uh, it might be time to be done with that. Um, yeah. Try it out with somebody else. Um, yeah, I've, I encountered. One... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I encountered a couple of study buddies that were flaky and I had to be. Yeah. Um, and I was very flexible myself, but I realized that the other person wasn't necessarily willing to be as flexible and were canceling mm -hmm. a lot. And I had to be like, OK, this is not working. And that's, you know, no offense to them. It's just isn't working. Yeah. So many things in life that could apply God. to you. Oh my gosh. I'll just leave that be <laughs> your imagination. That's a spinoff podcast um, idea, Beth. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think another big one is a potential like personality mismatch. Um, I will be like first to say, uh, I have a very strong personality. Um, that means I'm not always everybody's cup of tea. I describe myself as often like speak before I think. Um, and a lot of times that impulsivity like comes out more in my like day-to-day -day personal life. Um, I can keep it on a little bit more as I just like continue to mature throughout my life and then like working and stuff. But uh, personality mis mismatches though, like I have a strong personality. Maybe somebody does or maybe somebody doesn't. I think it would be totally valid to just be like, look, you know what? I just, uh, or maybe you don't even have to say why a reason why, yeah. but if you just don't click with somebody, if your personalities just aren't great, conversation doesn't flow. Maybe you get on FaceTime and it's like awkward. It's like sitting there pulling teeth. I don't think you should have an awkward time studying, um, or that it should be like pulling teeth. Then you're not going to look forward to any of your review or your studying. I think a personality mismatch is one of those things that like, trust yourself, know yourself, go with your gut. If you just don't click with somebody, you don't have to. Um, that's one thing that I tell my private tutoring students too. When we start um, very first session, I'm always like, I will not be offended if you want to stop just because we don't, we just don't click. If we just don't click, I want yeah. what's best for you. And that might be working with somebody else. Yeah. Um, so um, I try to open that door. And I think like telling somebody that you're starting a study buddy journey with, like, if you want to start it with telling them, let's be honest with each other. And if this doesn't work, let's just cut it. Yeah. I like that. This brings up like a thorny question for me though how do we walk away Beth when that comes up or any of the other red flags we're going to talk about come up? Like when something isn't working out, cause uh, that's probably something that 
keep students from even trying to get into a study buddy group, right? It's like, how do I mm-hmm. leave if I don't want to, or like getting out of a, a situation like that? Do you have any advice on that? I do. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I have loved the most in learning about like healthy boundaries this year is that when you set boundaries, you don't have to tell the other person what your boundary is. It's personal, it's internal. Um, so I think like how you walk away, like be kind to somebody. Um, I use a little, uh, I think it would be an acronym, right? Because it makes a sound. BIF is the acronym that I use with uh, communication and boundaries with like my personal life, my professional life, all of that stuff. And it really helps me. Uh, but it's to be brief, informative, friendly, and firm. I think it can be super short and sweet. Um, you will notice there, uh, the word honesty isn't there. Um, Mm. I think this is a part where if you need to cut ties with somebody because you have some sort of reason that any reason, I don't even care if I decide it's valid. I'm not even going to say valid reason. You get to decide whatever you want. I'm not going to say that you have to, to be the one telling somebody, I don't want to study with you because your personality is this, 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 I think instead, um, being brief of, Hey, I, I think we should go our separate ways. Um, it was really nice working with you at the time. That's friendly. Right. Um, I think we, I, I would like to study independently for now. Yeah. That's friendly and informative and you don't have to say anything like mean or rude. You actually don't even have to give everybody the full story. I love that point about not having to be honest. That's so good. Right. Because we are often like told that we have to give an explanation, like for when you say no to something and it can just be, no, like it doesn't need to be beyond that. And, um, that's probably something that I feel like is just part of good, healthy communication in general. Like you don't need to explain yourself at all times. And weirdly, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we used like Biff as things like within our own study group, even when it was working of just like, yeah, you know, I can't make it to the study group. Um, I'm busy, right? Busy is informative, but it may not be fully honest about like why you can't make it. Um, and right. it just protects you from having to like vomit everything that's inside your brain. <laughs> exactly. And like, if it became the kind of thing of like, yeah, I'm busy because I want to, um, I want to go get dinner with some friends tonight. Like, I don't need to be on the chopping block for that. Like I know that was good for me. Like that was good for my health today. Right. Um, So I just think that can be a healthy tool. Like you're saying for any communication, but if you're thinking about testing the waters of study buddy stuff, like that would be a good way to basically like break up with a study buddy. (laughs) Just go your separate ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other thing is that students might feel like, okay, if I go get a study buddy, this is like what we're going to try to develop and work. This is going to be the study buddy that like, you know, I take to my official test, right? You don't need to feel that way. Right. Like I went through like two, three, maybe four study buddies in my like odyssey level studying that I did for like two and a half years, um, over a longer period of time for the LSAT. It was a really long journey for me. Right. And I benefited from multiple study groups. And I also had to like, you know, dip out of a couple that just weren't working. And that's part of the process, right? You meet some people, you help each other for a way for a while, and then you go your separate ways or you, or you end up like me and Beth, like it worked out. And then we like took the official test and, and that's, um, that's how it ended for us with, with respect to the LSAT, but know that like it not working out or it not working out 
for the full length of your studying is going to be part of the process. And you have to like reevaluate and know that like doing your own thing is good. Going to live classes is good, whatever mix of things that you need to do. And all of that should inform your study journey in general, because at the end of the day, and this is going to sound sad, but at the end of the day, you can't, you are doing the test by yourself. You're alone in the process of actually taking the test. Um, and you, you can't uh, rely on people at all times for it. And if you incorporate that into like your understanding of the test, then it won't feel as scary when it happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think that's sad. It's just like, Hey, you help me grow as, as far as we can, but we do know yeah. at the end of the day, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing it alone. Yeah. Yep. So that's the part too. That's like, it's not osmosis. I can't actually, the most I can do is think about what Allah would say during my test, you know, but she's not actually there. It's still yeah. gotta be like, what did I pick up? What did I, what am I carrying with me as I actually take my test? So with that, um, we are, we are close to wrapping up here. I think, um, in the future, we have plans to do another podcast episode where Allah and I will do a live review of a couple of questions and kind of model how we did study together. Um, and that'll be like, you know, we'll come with some ones that, uh, we got wrong or, uh, maybe struggle with a little bit. Um, and we will do the live like questions we would ask each other, like, Hey, did you make that prediction or Hey, why did you start with that rule if we're doing games? Um, so there's a little plug for, if you're looking for more on how do we actually do this, we will be doing a future podcast episode, um, with how to review. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to do that so that we could model that exact behavior and like, just have a conversation about a couple of questions and, and, and show you guys um, how we did that because we know it can be weird and awkward, right? Like to set these things up. We understand there's lots of trials and tribulations that come with this. Um, we are empathetic to that. So we want to make this as easy for you guys as possible. Um, the only thing, you know, that I'll say before we close out is just a huge shout out to our third, um, member in our triad of study buddies. Um, she's phenomenal. We adore you. You know who you are. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening over to you, Beth. Yeah, of course. Cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks for doing this today, Ala. And uh, to everybody else, we do sincerely hope it gave you a glimpse into what it could be like to dream about having a study buddy and how it might help you um, and how to get creative with your studying, right? It doesn't always just have to be you at your computer. How can you find community or partners on your LSAT journey no, long, no matter how long it takes you? So thank you for listening. Um, you can find us in classes at the demon, um, at lsatdemon.com, or you can write into the podcast with any questions that you have for us. Thank you so much for listening today and, uh, leave us a comment or write an email. If you want to hear more, or you have specific questions about this, um, email daily at lsatdemon.com. If you'd like to ask about this specifically or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Thanks, everyone.